Welcome, adventurers. Close your eyes and imagine a place with no sight, with no sound, a void absent of all things. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon I am Ergul Esmere Abbas, and it is you who came to me. You who offered help and assistance. If you wish to speak, let us speak. I grow tired of these macabre pranks and mind games. Speak now, or I leave. As soon as her words finished, the backlit outline of a door appeared, not but three paces ahead. That's more like it, she thought, and felt her way forward, opening the door. After the endless dark, the light was blinding. Shielding her face with one arm, she extended her staff before her and stepped into a room. Before her eyes could adjust, the door shut behind her. Esmeray did not turn. The room was warm. It was the first time she had been warm in days. Lowering her arm, eyes squinted still. She took in the room. The first thing of note was the light. It issued from a massive candelabra that hung in the center of the room. It was the warm yellow of firelight, in stark contrast to the grayscale world through which she had just passed. The flickering candles cast dancing shadows upon the walls. This room was only six paces across, much smaller than the tower's base. There was a single window to her left, the window the raven had flown through. But there was no sign of the bird. In the very center of the room was a shallow basin atop a thin pillar. The basin sat at a height just above her waist. Beyond the basin, across from her, sat a throne. It was on a small dais of stone, the color of dried blood. The throne itself was either of wood, expertly carved, or metal, cast with a precision she had never seen before. It seemed alive. The arms and legs of the chair were snakes and rats, wound together, crawling, writhing. Every eye of every creature upon that throne was a set of gems, rubies, emeralds, garnets. A fine black velvet cushion sat on the seat before an enormous high back. If Esmeré had sat in the chair, it would rise over her head by at least a pace. The chair back was worked with an image as well. Two ravens facing each other. Their beaks were upturned, pointed to or holding that which lay just beneath the pointed peak of the chair. A singular green eye. The eye was open wide, the iris made of an emerald larger than her open hand. The pupil was an onyx, 
somehow set into the emerald. In the quivering shadow, Esmeray felt certain the eye would blink at any moment. But it did not. The floor of this room may have been the most interesting of all. It appeared to be made of one continuous slab of jade. Etched into that billowing green was a magic circle, the disposition and arrangement of which Esmeray had never seen before. She recognized a few of the symbols and elements, but not most. As she studied it, one fact sent a chill up her spine. Within the greater circle, which ran just inside the wall, were three other prominent circles. One around the throne, one around the basin, and then the third. She stood inside the third. The shadows flickered and jumped like gray flame upon the wall, and then behind the throne a dark shape moved, not in a chaotic way, but in the intentional way of a creature. Esmeray placed the butt of her staff upon the floor and stood tall. I have traveled far, played your game, answered your summons. Many unsettling things she had seen and experienced on this journey, so she expected little else from what lurked behind the throne. What she had not expected was for the voice to come from behind her. Something was there, just over her shoulder, whispering into her ear. Welcome, could not tell if it was greeting her in earnest or mocking her. As Marie turned her head ever so slightly, it was there, taller than her, dark head leaning out from the wall. It didn't seem to have eyes, but black ichor dripped from its glistening white teeth, long, narrow, and sharp as ivory needles. Her voice dropped to a whisper as well. I was told you could help me, help me gain that which I desire. The head vanished from her sight, but in her other ear... The whisper came. Help, desire, power, yeah. Esmeray faced forward again. It was there, just beyond her sight. And what would you ask for this assistance? A raspy chuckle came. <sighs> Smart she is. What you 
There was no doubt that the throne of which it spoke stood before her now. She didn't want a throne in her realm. Well, not in this way. She wanted to recover the heart, unlock its power, to rule the Bharata province. In the back of her mind, in its deepest depths, came a whisper. What is one province when you could have an entire realm? A rasping chuckle followed this thought. And if I do not want this gift, will you not help me find the heart? There was a pause of several beats. You will help me break the shield that surrounds it. The shield cannot be broken, but there are still answers in your realm, secrets of its opening to be discovered. And you will give me these secrets? At what price? Another pause. We cannot give you the secrets. They are for you to find. Esmeré was growing frustrated. Then what are you offering me? Time. Time? Esmeray felt a soaring elation welling up inside of her. You are offering me immortality. She could see the heart in her mind's eye, feel it in her hands. It would be hers. Tell me. What do you ask in return? A commitment that when you are done in that realm, you will come to this room and sit on the throne. But if you grant me immortality, I need never die in that realm. Esmeray's heart soared. With everlasting life, with the power of the heart, none would ever reach her. 
no one would ever take her life. What they asked was no price at all, because she would not allow it to happen. And this is all you ask. You will wait an eternity and have nothing. Wait. A smile broke Esmeray's lips. Done. Bestow your boon upon me. It is not as simple as the way of a hand, a casting of a spell. But we can give you what you need. Instructions for how to pass beyond. Hesitation. Is this the trick? You give me some impossible task, some ritual that cannot be done. There is no trick, and what could stand in the way of Esmeray? Once she has set her mind to some. The smell of smoke filled her nose. Not the smell of candles, but the acrid smell of arcane fire. It was followed by echoes of screams. Screams from the past. Some of the druids tried to fight, but when they saw there was no hope, mostly they ran. A satisfied sneer came to Esmeray's face. Show me, show me these instructions. Cold fingers brushed the back of her neck. Step to the basin. She leaned her staff against the wall and moved along a ley line to stand in the circle with the basin. Look inside. Esmeray bent her head. Though both pillar and basin appeared as stone from the outside, inside the bottom was polished with a silver mirror finish. There was water inside, less than a hand's width deep, and nothing else. Her reflection stared back at her. Bright green eyes, lustrous dark skin, and neat braids. Are you Ready to make the pact. I am. It came from behind her, wrapping arms around her in an icy embrace, its mouth pressed against her ear. I One frigid hand moved from her stomach. Bind myself with my words. Bind myself with my words. The hand came up to her chest. 
passing through the mist this time was like walking out of a building, over in but a moment. The dark tree was still there in the moonlight. There was no mist. The endless moors stretched out before her. She moved toward the tree. In the moonlight, the reflection of a puddle caught her eye. She stepped toward it and peered in. Part of her mind was unsure what she was looking at. Another part flared in a panicked horror. Looking back at her was an old woman. Esmeray's skin had taken on an ashen gray hue, which now seemed to stretch over her bones. Her hair was thin and gray, hanging limply down the sides of her skeletal face. Her eyes were still green, but duller, as if the face of once beautiful emeralds had been scratched and marred, trapping the former shine within. She squinted at the image for a moment longer, and then looked away. She banished that part of her mind that was scared. What matter were looks when she would live forever? She clutched the book to her chest and stepped past the puddle. What has Esmeray taken? What has she given? These questions and more will be answered in seasons to come. Stay tuned next week for a recap of season four. And with that, season four is over. Thank you so much. The The wild ride continues here. Uh, this is the part where I say, please, if you have the time, consider heading over to iTunes and leaving review. Uh, if you're not sure how, you can jump onto my website. That's right. Tales from the Dungeons now got a website. Uh, www.talesfromthedungeonpodcast.com dot com and there's instructions of how to leave a review on the site uh, on itunes so that would mean the world to me uh your listens mean the world to me and you guys mean the world to me but tell a friend it is growing slowly and let's see if we can pick up the pace here more stories to come more adventures to be had more tales please continue listening and thank you all <laughs>